वेलकम टू न्यूज लॉन्ड्री पॉडकास्ट दिस इज एन एल हफ्ता Brexit seems unlikely as we record this although I've just been told it's 50-50 Brexit is inevitable <laughs> call for a Brexit which is what I call Arvind Subramanian's exit is has been withdrawn Salman Khan is on every channel's shit list a fire against Arvind Kejriwal and the water tanker scam Avik Sarkar steps down as chief head of Telegraph and Anand Bazar Patrika right after Mamta Di comes to power we'll discuss that as well and much more with today's guest we have a very special guest but before i introduce him welcome to news laundry hafta episode 73 i'm abhinandan sekri angrez apna lagan and news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte remember when corporations pay corporations are served and when the public pays the public is served support independent media support news laundry subscribe click on i pay to keep news free and all of those who are subscribing and all of those who are helping us build our team and inventory of equipment thank you all so much our guest today is ashok malik hi ashok hi tabidandan glad to be here yes glad to have you here after a long time actually we were trying to get in touch with you for a while but i think either we haven't managed or you haven't had the time <laughs> it's okay uh, we have dipanjana hello our managing editor hi dipanjana anand hello in house scientist and all round gyani madhu is not in town yet and manisha is not well uh many of you wrote in last week that we must give you reasons why the panel is not here in full i'll just let you know ashok we have extremely demanding audiences so we record hafta every week thus hafta that's probably because you demand extremities from the audience as I well just <laughs> i just asked them to pay that seems a little excessive i would ask for any of the extremities you have scared people abhinandan has managed to scare people to the point where the fan mail that we get begins with i am a subscriber sir <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you, something sir, is slightly threatening about you you have a a, a model for monetizing uh, your subscribers which uh, most other media houses and media companies don't you Yeah, you into a, you want to some sort of a secret. Well, I don't know about the secret, but I'm extremely grateful to our audiences who actually pay because when we used to go with this model to you know investors back in 2011, 12, it's a really an ad-free platform. We were told that no one's going to pay, so when we actually put out the payment gateway, people did pay. In fact, you know we asked a few hours ago, please send us equipment if you want us to survive because you know we got complaints that your audio recording is just very lousy. quality because our mics failed that week <laughs> okay so we got like mics people just sent us mics which means there is a market out there for qu- what people consider quality content sure which is heartwarming in yeah, these but, times but of free content yeah but even for us it's there why why are we beginning like this <laughs> true to form even arnab has asked the subscribers to you know oh, audio qual- audio quality was something wrong in his news are and so the he wants a megaphone <laughs> he doesn't need no. one it's a silence but let me introduce ashok actually ashok most of you who follow the news which most of our listeners do you'd be familiar with but those of you who are just joining us he is a journalist who has been writing independently for as long as i can remember it's jan 1st 2006 yeah cuz I, i mean you weren't with one i used to read your columns you, my last full time job was with indian express ended on 31st december 2005 wow okay which so was another like 11 years ago yeah. and since you've been an independent columnist yes, and commentator uh, uh, my wife doesn't always like that because she has to pay the bills <laughs> that's how it is how do you crack that i've been trying to find such a wife wife shadow girlfriend mini mini uh, i we ended up getting married and uh, uh, before i decided to turn freelance <laughs> oh, if you know okay. now i was turning freelance you may not have got uh, chalo nice 
So you you, you promise something and then you deliver a freelance yeah, sort of life. Yes. Almost right. like a politician before. The <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but now he is a fellow at the Observer Research Foundation. Yes. Which is a think tank. And actually, um, you know, I have a very old association with ORF. Okay. When uh, it was set up, that time Newsline didn't exist. Uh, we had a production house called Small Screen, it still exists. Uh, my partners run it. Um, and uh, at that time, it was just being set up. And um, we made the first film for ORF that what is going to be about. Uh, Mishraji had come and, you know, he had, because Mishraji set yes. up uh, ORF. That was the first incarnation of ORF. Yes. Correct. So he said, this is what we're planning. So, yeah, but now it's become a huge entity. So, um, so you're a fellow at ORF, which is a think tank. By the way, ORF to me means open reading frame. <laughs> reading what frame. does that mean? It's like a gene. He has three frames. So the open reading frame is the one that's translated into a protein. Trust the scientists to complicate <laughs> matters. Indeed. How about you, Deepanjana? What does RF mean to you? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> or like a noise something would make. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, this podcast is produced by Kartik Nijhavan. Thank you, Kartik. Uh, for all our listeners, uh, Hafta is available on SoundCloud as well as on iTunes. If you're listening to this podcast on SoundCloud, you can find the iTunes link below in the description. Also, those listening on SoundCloud, the references to the pieces or podcasts you mentioned is at the bottom of our podcast on our News Laundry page and not on the SoundCloud page. So if you want the links to the pieces we mentioned or talk about, you'll have to come to newslaundry.com on our Hafta page. And I say this because we get a lot of mail where uh, our listeners tell us that, you know, the, the, the uh, piece you were discussing or the article you were discussing, I couldn't find the reference. That's because you're listening on the SoundCloud page and we cannot link, hyperlink anything to the SoundCloud page. We'll discuss Raghuram Rajan's exit. We'll discuss Subramanian Swami and the whole saffronization of education comment by the Minister of State. We'll discuss um, something actually I won't talk about. I, it's basically the banning of organized news organizations that Trump has done to Politico, to WAPO. It's, it's a worldwide phenomena. Do we make too much of that? Isn't that natural? I wanted uh, you know, Ashok to weigh in on that. Their fire against KGVR and the water tanker scam. And there's lots more, uh, including Salman and Brexit. So, uh, what do you want to start with, uh, Ashok, on what made the news uh, which you thought was either not covered enough or was covered too much of? Well, all we've been covering in the past week has been uh, Brexit, a bit <laughs> of Brexit and uh, uh, how sort of Swami sexed up the news. Hmm. Uh, I don't think we covered the government's FDI proposals, which I thought were important and needed to be covered, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, potentially uh, that is the first major piece of reform in a long time. Mm. Uh, it uh, really integrates India's economy with the world, mm. uh, much more than it has earlier. 100% FDI in, in aviation, in airlines, in uh, defense, in defense, including in, uh, in with more generous terms than last year. Uh, and 100% FDI in without localization uh, obligations in single brand retail, which means an IKEA or Apple stock should be opening here much faster than yeah. expected. Uh, that will change the landscape of uh, our, our markets, of our retail outlets, of, of the way we shop, frankly, of Indian defense and the way we fly, perhaps. One quick question. Uh, after that, I'd like to come to Anand and then Deepanjana. All these FDI proposals, you think... Uh, they were tied to Rexit, uh, to uh, Raghura. Rag no. Oh, look. Okay, let me get that name right. Raghuram Rajan. Raghuram Rajan's exit. exit. They were announced on Monday. Hmm. Raghuram Rajan's departure was announced on the preceding Saturday. Saturday. 
Uh, I'm fairly sure, in fact, I'm, I know for a fact that the, the groundwork for these proposals had been done much earlier. It takes weeks. You can't do it overnight. Right. Uh, but it's possible that the announcement that may have been scheduled for, let's say, a Thursday was brought forward to Monday. So, that is possible. I mean, just in anticipation of any kind of yes, movement in the uh, markets or any optics that would make... If it, if it were brought forward, if it had been brought forward, I'd expect it to be by two or three days, not more than that. I'll tell you why I ask, because I remember watching Tim Cook's interview when he was in the country, and he was in the country, I think, four weeks ago, five yes. weeks ago. Mm. And he was pretty clear that Apple stores are not going to be in India for a while. Because I remember this one asking him. So when I saw that, because I immediately remembered... Because he'd know, you know, he came and he met the top policy makers. True. So he clearly left in, with the understanding that, okay, but it is not going to happen but in the near future. See, there are two things here. One, uh, obviously, the Prime Minister or the Finance Minister couldn't tell, I expect, couldn't tell Tim Cook that, you know, this is hmm. going to happen. I expect his complaints, and he did complain. Uh, were an input into the final decision, as mm -hmm. they would be with any government. Also, with defence, uh, the government opened up defence to uh, defence manufacture to FTI last year. Uh, it was a halfway house proposal. It didn't go as far as this year's proposal went, and um, the government didn't get the response it perhaps expected. So it had to make the terms more generous. So those terms would have become generous at some point. Maybe now, maybe two months later, maybe whatever. It was on the cards that they would become more generous. Right. So, as I said, I think the groundwork for much of this had probably been done. Hmm. Maybe the Apple announcement was an, an add-on at the last minute. Right. But the defense announcement was certainly in the works. To get the yuppies on board. You, all the iPhone yuppies, we are all about. Uh, Anand, you in, although I do think it was covered because that night, Arnab had a huge show that yeah. the government... Neutralized. Neutralizes, Brexit neutralized. Rahul Shiv Shankar had this show that what a brilliant thing to do, as did Gaurav Savant. Yeah, everyone spoke so, about yeah, it, it was for one big, night. But, yeah, but I do admit, Rexit was a bigger issue on oh, Sunday absolutely. than FDI was on Monday. True. Hmm. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I agree with whatever Ashok, except that there were a few uh, catcalls, if I may put it, Ashok, that said that uh, the FDI in defense, for example, and aviation, is just a slight tweaking of UPA's it is. It, it is. Uh, Policies. Uh, no, it's no, no. It's it's more than UPS policy. It's a tweaking of the NDA's policy announced in 2014 or 2015. Right. Okay. Uh, the policy in 2014 or 2015 allowed 100% FDI, majority FDI, uh, in uh, no questions asked. In in case of state of the art technology, that has now been watered down to modern technology. Yes. Which, if you look at the the details, of, uh, which are still emerging, to be honest, is is uh, co covers more technologies than state of the art technology. So, uh, essentially the argument being that defense technology, whether state-of-the-art or modern or pre-modern or whatever, cost a lot to, to create and develop. And a, a company that spends billions doing it is not going to part with it to an Indian uh, partner that owns a majority in a, a, a local uh, joint venture. Sure. They would need to retain it. So right. um, um, Some would actually argue the government hasn't done enough even now. Tipanjana, why do you think um, governments the world over, this is not just in India, are more comfortable in letting foreigners make weapons that they will defend their country with, but not let foreigners invest in news media outlets. On that, FDI policy always really sharp. So, is the cliche that the pen is mightier than the sword? Evidently, true? evidently. Because, I mean, it is so much about control. You control news media in ways that you will have far less 
ability to control when there's a foreign player. Uh, there are, I mean, Trump and Politico was something that we were talking about, but, uh, but regardless, I mean, I also think that at the end of the day, whatever defense uh, expenditure, investment, all of this that we're talking about, this is stuff that, one, a lot of the common man does not stay in the loop with. Oh, it's and not directly it, yeah, it, and it's not an everyday impact. Today, particularly, news media is an everyday thing. People consume the news on it's the go. It's an optics thing, but maybe not a job creation thing. Anand? Yeah, no, I mean, just to come back to that point, I think it also has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, we do not have a lot of equipment which we require in defence that America oh, has. Oh, or I, thought thought you you news media. I thought you were taking my life. <laughs> that too. Reminding you about the mic. So many Sri Ram Jyoti. So many have sent us so much stuff. Anyway, but carry on. Yeah, so I mean, for example, uh, I mean, you know, there's, there's so many things. Like, I mean, uh, fighter pilot, fight, fighter not pilot, fight, fighter aircraft. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, our LCA has been in development for about 30 years now. Uh, so, uh, you know, you need cutting-edge defense technology and uh, FDI, I think in print, when our columnists and Ashok will back me on that, are as good as foreign columnists. So, right. you know, there is no need to have, uh, no, that, that was just a... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, the, the point is that we need, we need their technology. But you don't need their money for media, that's the point. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, is, it is an important point to mm. think that, I mean, the Indian government is really worried about, you know, what the outsiders think about or, you know, the foreign hand or But how should it be allowed? What would you of say? Of course, it should it be should. Yeah. Libanjana, what do you think? Absolutely. Haan, Ashok, yes. weigh in on this, please. Two things. One, uh, FDI in defense. Uh, India is the world's, one of the world's largest, perhaps the largest importer of uh, defense equipment. Uh, it's actually ridiculous. We, we don't just buy planes, fighter planes. We buy certain types of belts and shoes. Right. which we should be making here. It's ridiculous. Mm. So, uh, and we give these orders to private companies in other countries. So, if those private companies can come to India and make here, uh, and give some jobs to Indians, I think it's, there's, mm. there's no harm done Off at all. Off-like shoes and so yeah. many other things that you so, would see. So, if you, if you leverage India's market size to get a certain quantum of manufacture in India, uh, I don't think that's, there's a problem there at all. Mm. Coming to FTI in news, I personally have no problem with it. And believe me, from my understanding of the BJP government and the Congress government previously. Hmm. Uh, senior ministers in both governments had no problem with it. The lobbying came from big media in India. They don't want they, don't, they didn't want it. And so I, they I, lobbied I, against Yeah, it. absolutely. And I actually disagree with you when you say that foreign media will be uh, more difficult for governments to control if, hmm. so want, if they do want to control them. Look at Murdoch's record in, let's say, China. Uh, hmm. You know, his, his news media is either non-existent or a, a pussycat there. Murdoch is going to make, to Murdoch's going to make his money. Murdoch is just one example because yeah, he's, no. you know, Dr. No, whatever. He, uh, he's, he epitomizes big media. Big media. Now, he's going to make his money in India by his, with his entertainment channels, with his entertainment platforms and so on and so forth. News media will not make him money. It's going to be a little tool that he, a little platform that he has to have as part of his bouquet. Right. So, I don't think he's going to come in here that's or anyone is going to come in here with the idea of changing India and changing the Actually, world. That's very interesting, you know, that it is big media that lobbies to keep FDI and media out because they don't want competition. Just like big industry had in you know, the Congress years lobbied to keep everything else out so that that license Raj could. And yet at the same time, we do apparently, mm. our biggest media, Times of India, does want the foreign chap 
given mm. they're tying up with half bow they've tied up with vice, vice correct. so no, i don't think they want to chop i think they just have cornering the market like unlike anybody else lekin with us subscribers support we will take on times of india <laughs> damn straight I just, i just remembered about one uh, thing that had happened i think last year mm. uh, where uh, anil ambani had gotten into the defense sector right uh, he is he's a big player in the defense sector okay. but there was this thing that he's been quoted as saying mm. when i once met prime minister narendra modi i was struck by a telling comment he made during our conversation he said anil do you know that even the tears we shed in this country are not our own every tear gas shell used by our security agencies is actually imported <laughs> are you serious <laughs> oh dear okay so uh, um now uh, ashok uh, i want to you know get of course everyone's view deepanjali might you start on this after that ashok can give us a view now this swami's attack on arvind subramanian a do you think uh, everyone just quickly do you think swami's attack had anything to do with Raghuram Rajan exiting and saying I don't want to put up with this shit from leaves him with no choice from my understanding swami realized perhaps was figured out was told or whatever it was that mm. the government had decided to part ways with Raghuram Rajan mm. the fact that the government and Raghuram Rajan weren't seeing eye to eye mm. on a number of issues uh, including very legitimately on interest rates mm. you can have a difference of opinion uh, it was no secret people have known it for some months now for right. a year now Uh, and the fact that his term may not be extended was also part of the ether in this city yeah. i think swami guessed it decided to chal uh, credit le leta hu grab the, the 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 publicity for himself i mean that's pretty smart actually absolutely but um, i'll actually come to this uh, what do you think i'd be very worried if uh, rexit happened because of subramaniam swami's tweets it would be no, no, a no, little tweet but like right? i read a piece i think uh, govindraj athiraj had written this um yeah. that he really didn't have much of a choice after the way he was attacked a few months ago like someone of that stature can't stay putting up with this shit i mean unless that person whoever attacked him is you know reprimanded by the party leadership uh, you're not in the position to stay that that was govindraj's column on this which i think is i mean you know uh, i think it does make sense but i think that it's also a culmination of other differences that they were evidently having and not being able to see eye to eye with i mean hmm. it it would be very it would be very alarming i think to me if uh, if, if someone if uh, subramaniam swami was the reason because then that that really makes me question um just how this government is working out its decisions Anna? yeah I, i think i have a couple of things to say i think one is uh, it would be quite hilarious if one were to take uh, you know whatever dr swami's uh, outrages <laughs> seriously as far as the government says oh oh dr swami has tweeted this mm. let's kick this guy out huh. you know i mean that is just outrageous mm. and i don't know anyone apart from narendra modi uh, who uh, subramaniam swami hasn't gone after So <laughs> that's a matter of time it was 6 months before <laughs> he goes up to Modi as well right you know so that's one. and the other thing i think what really uh, surprised me or well in the sense that this last 15 20 days this this signature campaign for rajan is almost fawning over signature someone campaign? yeah there were 60000 signature campaigns uh, there was a signature Who initiated for, by uh, there was a piece in business standard by a lot of people mm-hmm. you know, so uh, <clears throat> and this thing almost a uh, hero worship hmm. now couple of things are important one of course no one is indispensable the second thing is you can outrage if you know who the uh, the other guy is going to be hmm. if you know the choice 
For example, I mean, if you, uh, you know, if it was uh, Gajender Chauhan who was going to be appointed the next RBI mm. governor and here is Raghuram Rajan who wants a second term. Mm. I mean, obviously, 100% people would say, yes, Rajan should get the second term. But if you don't know, mm. then saying that Rajan must continue, I think that is... But Anand and Ashok, do you think the way he exited did the government any credit? Uh, well, I mean, the government, and if you if you were to look at, for example, uh, uh, Rajan's uh, period in the UPA, hmm. and I've been reading a couple of pieces of, you know, 2013, 2014, 2013, Chidambaram wasn't very happy uh, with the way interest rates were, uh, uh, you know, uh, high up, even in that. So I don't think any, I mean, the way... But, but I think that, that is... It is traditional of Raghuram Rajan that, to tackle inflation. Yeah, but that I mean, is you know, a, he because, came no, with that. But because that is the manner of the RBI, right? Because the government will always want growth. And, you know, easy, easy, easier credit, you know, so that you can spur on growth even at the terms of, you know, we know what happened in the West with easy credit. So I think that is a, a conflict that is inevitable no matter who the RBI governor is and who the finance minister is. That will so, remain. I mean, the whole point is, first of all, I, I, I find it very strange that a person is going to go for a second term. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, without a proper, for example, election, I mean, if you want to throw your, uh, you know, hat in the ring, mm. you do that with other candidates as well. It's not up to, you know, Prime Minister says, all right, okay, I will decide that you get the second term. I think that's because there's always someone but better. No, the extension you know. is, yeah, but the, anyway, so, huh, Ashok, what are your, what are your views? Two things. What do you, One, think? Uh, you also wrote a piece on this. I did. I, I don't think uh, the conflict... Which the on, link... Uh, listeners can find below. You can read Ashok's piece on this. Thank you. I don't think the conflict uh, on interest rates is inevitable. Uh, it, interest rates are raised and are lowered at various stages in an economy's life. Uh, uh, it was felt that, uh, uh, okay, one, the government and this government and Raghuram Rajan actually had more in common than we realize. Mm. In terms of uh, fiscal rectitude, in terms of keeping to the fiscal deficit in politically tough times, BJP lost two elections last year, but still stuck to its fiscal deficit targets. Did not flood the money with the, the market with cheap money to win uh, political right. points. Uh, so that so argument. The oil prices help. No, no, I, I agree. But so the argument that. Uh, it, it wants to lower interest rates to give away money to its friendly businessmen doesn't really hold either because it didn't start printing notes to to raise its fiscal deficit, uh, uh, you know, and and sort of win political points. So the government has stuck to fiscal prudence as well as Raj, as Rajan has recommended right. and and sought to do. Uh, in terms of cleaning up the banks, the two have worked in parallel. They work complementary because uh, do remember the Banks Bureau, which is an independent body which is now running. Uh, public sector banks uh, is going to evolve into a holding company in time to come. Uh, has been set up by the government, not by the RBI. It's an executive mm -hmm. decision. It has to be. Uh, the phone calls to bank chairpersons or managing directors from the finance ministry saying, give Abhinandan a loan and uh, hmm. give the Panjana more money to buy a third uh, cruise ship right. uh, have stopped coming. I'm Although the, I, I read a piece hmm. countering that with that the people are out there, they which who are they, they are appointing in positions of influence don't need to be called. They know who is. That's a bit unfair because mm. even someone like Gautam Adani, seen as close to the BJP and Narendra Modi, mm. was refused a loan by the state bank. But that was India. after the shit hit the fan in the media, right? Not before. Well, how do you know it was not a professional decision? Because but it happened two days after it came out in the media. The rejection of his loan hadn't happened before it no, was reported. It in the came media. out in the media. What came out in the media was that Mr. Adani in Australia has applied to the SBI for a loan. Right. And 
they signed an MOU saying we'll consider your loan. Right. Some weeks later, there was a meeting where the loan was cancelled. How do you decide that the media, the moment the media reported it, SBI no. decided not to give money? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there's a no, you know, causation. Covenant, if I can just but, pitch yeah, into but this. The, just. But the timing of that rejection was, I think, two or three days after it was reported in the media in a negative light. I'm not saying But it was reported in the media in a negative light right when the application was made several weeks earlier. Please look at your news reports. Right. No, because also, secondly, if I can just, you know, that argument about Adani thing hmm. is nullified because during the UPA, State Bank gave two loans to Adani worth $1.6 billion. Yeah, but I don't think anyone's under so, any illusion that, no, the, see, the that industrialists point, are loyal to no, one. No, no. <laughs> look at Mukesh bhai. <laughs> no, look what I'm trying to say is, that this thing about phone calls has stopped coming, you know, mm. this and that, is actually, uh, uh, I don't buy that argument because per se, you appoint, I mean, this is a public sector bank. I mean, all these banks, they are, uh, you know, th their whole inception mm. is actually on the, uh, uh, the plinth of corruption, if sure. I can put it that. So as long as public sector banks exist, there will be corruption. There will be corruption from the government. There will be corruption from the banks. Yes. People will be, you don't have to make a phone call to ask for a loan. You can meet that guy in you know, Cafe Coffee Day and have... Uh, you corruption know. can never be wiped out. I take your point. But uh, to suggest that corruption in the banking system today is where it was four years ago is a bit unfair. And it flies in the face of empirical evidence and anecdotal evidence and conversations you have with people in industry, people in the banking sector, people in government. You're right. It's worse. <laughs> okay, no, but uh, Ashok, to be honest, I mean, you know, the, all the NPAs and everything that's coming out right now, it's not, you know, the last six months, it's been a collected thing. Over the last five or seven years, over yeah. since the 2008 uh, crash right. leading to uh, the pump priming of the Indian economy, which led to a, a, spurt, a spurt of bad loans. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm just going to move on to um, the next issue, but before I do that, I was—I just wanted, you know, uh, uh, panel's views on this entire, you know, Rexit and FDI, the way it was discussed on panels. Now, you know, you can have general conversations about it and, you know, have a very basic understanding. But if you if you have a panel and you're discussing this, I heard Arnab say that Raghuram Rajan was trying to. Uh, make uh, you know things easier for his American friends. He was serving American interests. That's why he kept the interest rates. You know where he did. He said that. Yeah, the simplification. His interest rates so high, and that, and he said, and he was helping out his American friends. He was serving their interests. Now, what I was shocked with is that, some you know, the most watched news channel. First of all, I don't watch see on Times now. Ashok, is that a conscious decision? Uh, I haven't appeared since May. 16, 2014. I may have appeared once. What happened that. on May 16, 2014? I signed a contract. I signed a contract with the Times now for uh, elections, state elections in December 2013, right, right up to the, uh, May 2014. Uh, I couldn't appear on any other channel for uh, election-related programming. And I found uh, Arnab's a very nice guy. I've known him for a lot for many years. He used to be my wife's neighbor in Shillong decades ago uh, when, when they were both young uh, children. Uh, and he's, he's very affable off the screen, but uh, the way his program and his show is designed, uh, all of us uh, were essentially props on his show. Now that works for him, it works for his TRPs, I have no complaints about that, it, it's, I'm fine with but that. But that's in the role but, you see of yourself. But uh, that, I, I don't see a, a, a utility for myself. Right, good point. No, I just thought the way he said that, it was such a, it wasn't an oversimplification, it was foolish. I mean, it was, it's like, that means the exchange rates don't matter. 
that means you know with the fed the treasury bonds i think at some point they were a negative yield in the in the early, in the yeah. late 2000s yeah in fact the us treasury bonds not not well, even looking 0% but they were germany now has i think it's germany which now has negative interest rates right japan, so japan so i mean so are they, what are they doing are they you know serving indian interest to jao paisa waha bhejo i mean how can an anchor so, say that I, i think i think and no one challenged yeah. him not a single person on the panel challenged see the two things here one you're quite right that it's oversimplification of all discourse into uh, good bad you know black white is reductionist binary mm. so rajan is a good man rajan is this guy from the the the, the Yeah, yeah. Opposite to that, Rajan is the ethical outsider from the West who can clean up our system, which is equally ridiculous because yeah. they're good people in this country as well. From in all parties, this government, the previous government, and previous RBI governors as well. Right. Uh, I think that did no service to poor Mr. Rajan either. In terms of uh, uh, the more substantive debate, which Arnab or the others should have uh, resorted to, uh, you know, there was an argument over interest rates between, frankly, FIIs and domestic industry, especially uh, domestic uh, uh, SMEs. Uh, domestic consumer uh, domestic uh, manufacturers who who saw domestic demand being inhibited by high interest rates and they felt if interest rates came down there'd be a greater credit offtake people sure. buy more yeah. now that's an argument that that's what they were looking at and they they were upset with rajan for that reason and that's an argument that could have been had yeah and and uh, fiis which invest both in equity and in debt were getting disproportionate returns uh because indian interest rates were high so if you're getting 3% in let's say 3% in in america you're getting 8% let's say in india hmm. now this is not to suggest that rajan hates indian industry and is somehow in the pay of uh fiis which is ridiculous and neither is it to suggest that mr modi and his government uh, want to take bribes from indian industry and you know give them sure. cheap capital either that's that's ridiculous it's it's but that's what uh, it gets it reduced to unfortunately intelligent difference of opinion Uh, an an honest and legitimate difference of opinion with had two people looking at or two institutions looking at the same phenomenon very differently okay now i'll tell you this is i personally feel and maybe because i'm not so sympathetic to the bjp government and i am you know have for the longest time been huge critic and i'm too prejudiced and set in my ways and i will admit that i probably am uh i think this may have a lot to do with his very aggressive desire to clean up bad debts uh, i haven't seen that kind of excitement for ever that we got to clean this non performing assets assets shit because if this blows up in our face it could take the tank the economy it has actually it has blown up in our face not yet we, ashok if it does i mean but look, i w- i would say uh, more than rajan it is the courts that have taken cognizance of see, the matter you yeah. know so it's not i mean supreme court is the one that actually said but i, I don't recall any uh, rbi governor making kind of statements on this issue and as frequently as rajan i, I could be wrong ashok even for i, I think for you long. have a point there uh, first of all uh, this mr subarao or mr reddy his immediate predecessors both very fine men especially mr reddy hmm. uh, did not have occasion to make such a noise on this issue so we can't really judge them because this crisis came just before rajan in a sense right, right? and they didn't so, speak that much anyway uh, no mr reddy spoke a lot he was hmm. he was he please help us uh, go through that 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 the, the bubble in the U, in the us which uh, which where he when it sunk the world where he fought off pressure from the upa government to reduce interest rates and kept us saved us from that those toxic and he got very good reviews for that everybody history, everybody history, lauded history uh, will be grateful to him uh, now i think so raj but he didn't have occasion to clean up banks because banks weren't in that of much of a mess as they are now we wouldn't know if they were uh, i don't think they were you could numbers you know they mm. far worse now but anyway that's neither here nor there i think rajan has been evangelist for cleaning up india's banks and we should be grateful to him for that having said that he hasn't been alone 
the courts have been active. He's quite right. Uh, Arvind's quite right. In addition to that, I think this government, I know you don't like the government, but having said that, this government has been very determined in cleaning up black money. In fact, I would say it's been sometimes unrealistic in its expectations of how quickly you can clean up black money. That will go to the other extreme. Uh, it's been determined on cleaning up the banking system, on not allowing evergreening of loans, or not uh, Rolling them uh, over here or not rolling them over or not making those phone calls and saying, hmm. you know, just roll over loans. Hmm. Uh, though loans are rolled over across sure. the world, that's sometimes legitimately so. Yeah. Uh, having said all of that, uh, my friend Manish uh, Sabarwal of Team Lease once put it very well in a conference. We need to distinguish between uh, corruption, bad luck and error. I'll give right. you one example. Uh, there's a company in India, I don't want to Is name that it. corruption, bad luck and error? And error. All three can happen, all three are different. Okay. There's a company I know which invested in a coal facility in Australia. Hmm. Uh, it invested when coal was $120 a ton. Hmm. Uh, it did all its calculations, did the due diligence. It uh, said it, 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 we're still going to make money even if coal falls to $70 a ton. Hmm. And they invested 10,000 crores. Today, coal's at $40 a ton, right. I think. They've lost 10,000. It's completely unwell. Now, right. hmm. they're unlucky, but you can't, they're not, they're not, they're not Vijamalia. Sure. So, th so, so there's, you, you Vijamalia, there's a legitimate yeah. business failure. I understand that. I, but I, I think, like I to think say corruption, much corruption, bad luck, and error, I would say uh, error was voting UPA in. Bad luck was Madam Maine Manmohan Prime Minister and corruption is not followed. <laughs> 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 Ananda Bully. Tali under force. No, but uh, you know, a couple of things are very important. One is that I don't think it is corruption, error, and what was the third? Bad luck. Bad luck. I think it is corruption, corruption, and corruption. <laughs> like, okay, like uh, education, always, education, 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 yeah. entertainment. I'll tell you. Have you, you been reasons. on? Have so, you been to on? Be fair, even even Raghuram Rajan has said we shouldn't go on a witch hunt. Right. <laughs> he said that there is corruption, there is fraud, and there's also genuine business bad luck. No, but but I, I'll, I'll give you two examples. Well, keep it very simple. As you said, black and white. Mm. Corruption mein aapko black and white hi hota hai. Gray nahi hota. So two things. One is Caesar's wife must be above suspicion. Mm. Moment you have public sector banks, you have Doordarshan, you have whatever, you can never be above suspicion. Number two, mm. as Prime Minister Modi said, and as we all know, a government has no business to be in business. Okay. Two years have gone past. Mm. These are the two mantras which you would judge Prime Minister Modi by, and I judge him very poorly oh. on this. Okay, I want more Both on the You know, I, 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 I would I, like Ashok's comment I, on I, these I, two I, things. Last I, week, some, getting up to more on the next. Uh, as somebody who is uh, who believes in the free market, who uh, is in theory a libertarian, though in practice libertarianism is not achievable. Uh, as someone who believes in privatization, I agree with you. Having said that, there is one caveat I want to enter. Uh, if you looked at the, the SR tapes which came out in the last 10 odd days, uh, there is one very disturbing facet to those tapes. And we, we all know that there are all sorts of people with all sorts of equipment tapping all our phones. Uh, and not, not, not necessarily the government. All sorts of private people have all sorts of equipment and they are tapping phones. Uh, what emerged in these, with these tapes, if these tapes are genuine, hmm. is that Tele private telecom companies were, were using their networks to tap phones of those who were using, who were subscribers and yeah. consumers of their yes. networks, which is uh, the biggest blow to the idea of ethical free enterprise I've, had, I've heard in a long, long time. And not just that, Ashok, what shocks me is that this isn't such a big deal that people say, I'm going to get off that network. Yeah. It hasn't impacted their market 
Because you probably suspect all other networks are equally culpable. Mm. Yeah, but um, okay. Uh, so I'll just move on to the next. Just one uh, little comment on what Anand said that corruption can also exist in the private sector. Of Your course, that and does. no, but hang on. Of course, who is disputing no, that? A private bank can also on of kickbacks. Of course, but Caesar's wife must be above suspicion. Oh, that is it. It's very weird when you the come power. up with free market and Caesar in the same sentence. I'm <laughs> just saying, but moving on. Okay, Dipanjana, I just like your view on this. I was watching TV last night. We'll start with Dipanjana and we can move on to Ashok. And about this loose cannon Swami. You know, mm. every panel had is Swami loose cannon. Mm. What struck me was no BJP spokesperson was willing, even after Arun Jaitley had come in the afternoon and said that Mr. Subramaniam has given amazing advice. I have full confidence in him. Not one BJP spokesperson had the guts to say that you can just ignore him. They said, why are we talking about, let's talk about developments. They were not committing. That made me wonder if the BJP spokespersons themselves don't have the balls to say, ignore this guy, he doesn't matter. It makes me wonder, what, you know, when someone like Ashok says that this government is not as bad, someone as rational as intelligent as you, one is more reassured. But when I see not one of the spokespersons had the guts to call out Swami and say, look, Arun Jaitley said is right, what he said is right, you can ignore him, he doesn't matter, he doesn't speak for the party. They do not, they do not have the guts to condemn him. Does that give you much confidence in Swami not being part of the mainstream and we keep thinking he's the fringe? I think the most worrisome, uh, not the most worrisome, one of the worrisome things about how this, um, this government presents itself is that it, it is, uh, it will bullheadedly not accept mistakes. There are mistaken appointments that it has made. There are people who say completely wild things from time to time like Swami. And this government is not going to take, take a stand where they say that one of our own messed up. Sorry about that. Hmm. It never happens. Pelaj Nehalani is example of this. Gajendra Chauhan is example of this. These are bad appointments. They have resulted in all sorts of uh, outcry as well as chaos. Have we had one statement saying that, no, we don't actually stand by this? Hmm. Where even when Pehlaj Nihalani went to the extent of putting out that, um, that song for Narendra Modi, no. which had to go with films. Every film, yeah. The, the uh, video was removed after, I think, a week, a month or something like that. But was there a statement saying that we don't actually stand by this? No. So this is, this is where I think it comes back to Swami as well. He's one of their own and they will not say that one of their own can make a mistake, which is incredibly problematic from the government point. Is one thing. I, I think, uh, sorry, just, just, just to button very, very <clears throat> quickly. I think it's very good that Swami says whatever he wants to say, within the limitations that he he's not yet criticized Narendra Modi, but he's criticized everyone else. You see, what happened yesterday, Swami said something, this Arvind Subramanian must be sacked. Within an hour, Arun Jaitley held a press conference mm -hmm. and said, look, this is very unbecoming of what any... And the matter petered out, so much so that Swami had to retweet, I mean, or tweet Swami, saying that yeah. I have suspended my, <laughs> you know, further, whatever. Uh. Now, so I think that's good. That is, I would say, quote unquote, in whatever sense, a democratic setup that a person can say whatever you want. Mm. The other person from who is a part of the government comes and holds a press conference and says, look, this is rubbish. This is, we have full faith. No, what, but he's what not worries saying me this that is he rubbish. not hold the same conference for Raghuram Rajan. Had he done so, it would have instilled much more confidence. 
Which you is know, what I'm saying. That yeah. is, are they using this whole democratic voice to shoot things yeah. that they can't? Ashok, I'd like to hear your views. Why is it that they can't unequivocally come out and say the spokesperson? Are they scared that Swami have that kind of clout? No, I think the the conversation with Swami has to take place at a higher level in the party than at than at the level of junior spokespersons. So the spokespersons can't really. Yeah, so I don't think the spokespersons quite knew what the position was. To be honest with you. Uh, Does that worry you as a supporter? No, because it's, 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 it's what was day one of the, 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 the problem. But mm -hmm. the fact is, it needs to be nipped in the bud fairly soon. So there are two, three things here. One, uh, please understand Swami's history. Swami is simply one of the most intelligent men I've ever met. Mm. Uh, he is, I, I'd go to the extent of calling him a genius. I'm not using the, the phrase loosely. We use it all the time, but sure. he is truly a genius. Mm. Uh, but And like all geniuses, a little... Uh, the point is, Sherlock Holmes was a genius. Mm. Professor Morality was also a genius. Hmm. So, you know, uh, so, and uh, in fact, in an article many years ago, I did say that it, to his adherents, he's professor, he Sherlock Holmes. To those who don't like him, he's the professor. Uh, and he got very angry with me for that, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, in fact, when I came to Delhi in 94, one of the people I actually wanted to meet was Subramanian Swami, because he was a romantic figure from going back to the emergency. Right. He was a bright man. And it's one of uh, the tragedies, tragedies of Indian politics uh, and of Swami himself that Indian politics has been able to use, properly use uh, this very talented man and very bright man. And this very bright and talented man hasn't been able to, to use Indian politics to further his policy goals. Uh, he's it's, it's instead become this gun for hire or this maverick. Hmm. Uh, who now, everybody uses as who, per their convenience. Yeah, or who, who uses them as per their convenience. As Banishankar Raiyar famously put it many years ago, hmm. uh, Swami doesn't desert causes, causes desert Swami. Right. So, uh, now, what's happened in this case is, Swami uh, has been useful to the BJP because he's been firing away at uh, Sonia Gandhi and, the, and Rahul Gandhi. Hmm. Uh, though, of course, 20 years ago, he was very friendly with the Gandhi family. Uh, why 20 years ago? In, in 98, he helped... 99, sorry, he helped bring down the Vajpayee government mm. with the Gandhi family. It's in 89, party. Uh, 1989, or 90, 90, he helped create the uh, the government with his good friend Rajiv Gandhi. Uh, now, of course, he has other things to say. So, he's changed his mind about 15 times. If Arun Subramanian has changed his mind two or three times, Swami's done it about 30 times. Uh, uh, and funnily enough, when Swami came to India in the early 70s or late 60s, he was refused the position at Delhi, uh, Delhi School of Economics by a very leftist cabal of academics hmm. who saw him as pro-American. Right. So life has come so, full yeah. circle for him. Mm. Uh, having said all of that, I think the BJP was quite happy as long as he was firing away at the Gandhi family. Uh, now that he's got his six-year term, he's not uh, obligated to party discipline because he's technically not a party MP, not yet. Uh, the, so whip, the whip doesn't apply to him. Right. So he's got six years. He's going to survive this government. He says, you know, what are you going to do? So, so uh, but can uh, the BJP not give him a? I mean, if I mean, you're talking about you know nothing BJP can do. Give him a show cause notice for something outrageous. But show cause notice for on what? No, but even if they he's, give him he's a, a you know he's, he's in a very strange legal position. He is a party member, member of the political party called the BJP, but he's been nominated as an independent. He has six months in which to join the BJP or not join the BJP. If he does not chooses not to join the BJP, he's not even under the whip. For the next six months, in any case, he's not under the whip. 
till he joins the media. So the, the, they have so no leverage on they, him. They, they have limited leverage on him. No, no, look, a, a prime minister and a government always have leverage. Sure, but that's different. But, but, as, but, the, but structurally, there's no leverage they have on him. Uh, but we're talking but, about a formal kind of a formal a control, leverage, but right? That's what I said. So the, a government and a prime minister always have leverage. Yeah, but they're always not formal. Have leverage. Fair so, enough. Uh, but but Swami uh, is, let me put it this way, uh, he has his pet hates and pet and, and enemies, enemies for the moment, and he's decided Arun Jaitley is one of them. Right. Uh, he's going after him. Uh, what is more disturbing in that, and, and in that I agree with Dipanjana, is that uh, uh, I don't believe Rexit happened because of Swami's tweets. Fair. But to an, to an outsider who, who doesn't follow the intricacies of politics in the city, uh, there would be an apparent cause and effect. Swami tweets, and that op Rajan goes. those optics look so bad. So those optics look bad. That that deniability gap between a fringe maverick, sympathetic MP and government decision making gets a little compromised. Okay, so the government has to address that. Now very quickly, I would like your response to this because then I just want to read some of the comments that we got from our uh, subscribers and listeners. Um, you know, when you hear the Minister of State for Education uh, say that education will be saffronized and later he withdrew that. Before that he said in Assam, you know, riots in sabko se khadenge, jawayenge, koi yahan I keep hearing the fringe element, fringe element. Too many of these people making the comments, including the one who said in Rajasthan, you know, ye sala man mohan aise karta tha. Just got carried away, yeah. as he himself put it. Yeah. Because he's a very senior minister, that part was. Fair enough. But the frequency with which you hear people in ministerial posts say stuff that are brushed away as fringe element, does that worry you at all, at, ever? I mean, is, no. is the Minister of State for the country a fringe element? He shouldn't be. Uh, but uh, having said that, we are very loose in this country in our language. And this is a historic problem. It's not limited to the BJP. I'm, I'm not condoning the BJP or the current minister mm -hmm. at all. I'm not suggesting he should go around saying, or whatever, nothing else. Or go to Pakistan or whatever it was. But we tend to be very loose with language. And also there's a tradition in this country, in our politics, of saying one thing in the, the main street meeting, mm. where the cameras are or where the press is, and saying something much more nasty in the back street meeting. Right. Now, what's happened is, thanks to cell phones, thanks to YouTube. <laughs> the, the back room meetings make it The back room time. meetings make it to Delhi as much as the front, the main street meetings All do. the saffronization comment was to A and I. To A and I, well. Right. So that, that, that defeats <laughs> my argument completely. So that doesn't work. <laughs> okay, okay so. quickly, I have a couple of comments. This is from Cynical. This is actually in the comment section. He said, I've bitched about this before and request you again. Please introduce your own panel for the love of God and explain why some folks are missing. Done. Okay, we've done that. See, Nicole, I hope you're happy. Um, and I hope you've subscribed and not just cursed <laughs> us. And then another comment was, not including Ravish's name while talking about primetime shows or debates deliberately or because it is in Hindi. Just curious, thanks. Well, honestly, it's because most of at least my television watching is in English, so I... No, but Ravish is very good. I, I don't always agree with his political positions, but that's besides the point. He's very good. But the quality to my mind, of... To my mind, his debates are, are excellent and very watchable. And not just that, we have rectified that in our primetime live tweet. Okay, you can, you know, tune into primetime when we tweet, live tweet the news, we follow Ravish as well. Um, Anand, do you have anything to say to that? No. Yeah. I have written it's a one piece of those on rare Ravish situations when Anand actually does not have anything to say <laughs> about that. Okay. Now I've I have written a piece on Ravish. Oh, there we go. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you that was have. many years ago, and I I still stand by that. He's very good. Okay. Now a quick uh, comment from Naman Mishra. He's written us a mail, and uh, Naman says I started listening to podcasts a few months ago, and I've subscribed to a lot of them. But he listens to News Laundry every Saturday, no matter what. 
Thank you so much. He's saying he's just waiting for a laptop to make a payment and then he'll subscribe because he's no, not a subscriber yet. Okay, Naman, I'll take your word for it. He has given us five suggestions on, you know, what recommendations, how we can make the hafta better. You can read the entire email on our website. Thanks, Naman. Thank you for taking the time to write. And your suggestions will be um, taken up and we shall discuss them and probably we will be implementing some of them by next hafta, you will notice. Uh, and another email, uh, this one is from um, Nishant and he starts off by saying I'm an avid consumer of news laundry I would like to thank you guys for doing great work and yes Mr. Zikri I'm a subscriber <laughs> see <laughs> everyone this is okay. what you've done now see the rest of your listeners should learn see so many people write into us and they are subscribers we're not asking for your home or your first born so this is like the money. alternative of you know what Sriti Rani was saying don't use dear out here you said don't just start with I'm a subscriber <laughs> <laughs> I'm a subscriber but thanks so much. Uh, he has given a lot of suggestions and feedback. The one criticism he has is that we only had one cricket lover, Arunab. And now that he's gone, there is no respect to cricket. What do you mean? I'm a cricket fanatic. Anand is a cricket fanatic. So, no, so am I. Oh, there oh, we so go. True. Okay, then I'll just, uh, I'll like Ashok's views on this. Um, and this hafta will be a little longer since we have Ashok. We won't let him go because okay, we won't get enough. him again in a hurry. Um, but he said that uh, we need more cricket lovers because uh, my contempt for cricket is not something he agrees with. Uh, but thanks, Nishant. He has got some amazing suggestions for cricket podcasts. I think he's rubbing it in my face. <laughs> so, thanks, Naman. And you can read Naman's email and all his fantastic suggestions for other podcasts also on our website. Uh, but remember to subscribe to News Laundry because on the public page, the public is served. And when corporations pay, corporations are served. Ashok, you know, I had made a comment a long time ago during one of these haftas, I think when IPL was on, that I don't consider IP a cricket a sport. I consider it as a game. You know, like golf is a game, it's not a sport. And everyone just, I got so much hate mail and this, that and the other. How do you make the distinction? In your, in your mind, what's a game and what's a sport? A game is like carom is a game, chess is a game, golf is a game. Any game where like... The, it doesn't have the athleticism. Okay, so sport is more physical, more there has to be has more muscularity in that sense. Yeah, I mean, That's for example, long distance doesn't have muscularity in the sense of you know a gymnast. But I think last time you watched a cricket match was when uh, Arjuna Ranatunga was. That's playing. what I was saying. I actually haven't, but I believe with IPL, you know, because it's in three hours, it's so intense. I see what the guys look like. They're fit. Someone like Inzamul Haq probably wouldn't make it, or Dilip Mendes. But uh, yeah, that's I, I have been watching cricket for years. I'm a great cricket fan and I actually like IPL and T20. Uh, mm. That's not to say I don't like test cricket or, or I prefer it to test cricket or something, but I see both as very legitimate formats. I'm not one of those who says, I watch test cricket, I don't like T20. Right, right. I see T20 as a different form of the same sport right. or the same game, call it what you will. Okay. And T20 has actually added to the athleticism of cricket. If you, if you watch a T20 game, uh, you don't so much as uh, notice the number of sixes or fours being hit because that's very easy with right. shorter boundaries. What is more difficult is the ability to run three. Yes. You can run a two, but running three is almost impossible. I once was once there, the Prisha Kotla and counted. One innings had about one three, the second innings had two threes. Mm. Because it's impossible to run three runs with fielders sort of whooshing in, if mm. I could use that word. And, uh, and it's, shorter it's, boundaries. It's well. shorter boundaries. Mm. And it's, it's certainly made cricketers run or sprint really fast, both as fielders and as batsmen. It's, uh, uh, have you ever watched an ice hockey game in, in America? Well, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I've watched. It's, uh, well, they just punch life. each other. That's not even a sport. Sorry? That's just a fight. That's okay. just a brawl. <laughs> well, uh, well, actually, uh, ice what, hockey what is a very in your face 
experience. Right. Okay. Uh, especially if you're standing near the net. Okay. No, okay. I haven't watched it at the stadium. Okay. No. Uh, okay. And uh, IPL reminded me of that. It's oh, really? so IPL is, but IPL is a different. I, I wouldn't even call it the same game, a sport, or same game. It's it's different. It's it's a, it's a new creation. It's, it's 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 yeah. It's 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 like you know. It's like suggesting that uh, a book and uh, a blog are both the same. They're both forms of writing, yes, but you're using the same skills to do some two very, very different things. Right, okay, um, I just want to move on to the next thing. Uh, any disclosures you want to make because we give a full disclosure, uh, we'll be discussing the SR tapes. To uh, have a position at the Observer Research Foundation which uh, has funding from Reliance. Reliance, so fine. So, um, uh, part funding from Reliance, yeah, sorry. So, just before we discuss the dis disclosure, and if you you know don't want to get into the discussion, that's fine, Ashok, not a problem. Um, basically, I heard SR never sent me an iPad. SR, <laughs> <laughs> SR? you know, when the uh, SR thing came, uh, the first time there were uh, there were stories about the caravan story about all these favors that were given. Um, uh, we, I was working in Time Out for four years. And all of us who were in timeout at that point, we, our office was in SR house, and timeout was uh, paid for entirely, funded by one of the uh, Ruya's daughters. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and and all we kept thinking was, man, we weren't paid half of what they were giving, like our annual salaries. Painful, truly painful. I read some of the transcripts. Uh, while I was amazed that they haven't named the Reliance bigwig or you know whoever, the kind of thing said case you know Sunil Mittal ki kachhi utar do ki chaddi utar do whatever the the venom in that and the contents of that if those are in fact true, other than India Today uh, television, not one channel has taken that up. Why do you think that is, Anand? Why, why do you? Yeah, why? No, I, I, I commented about that. I think other than other, other than India Today, right. no, no other, and I dare say if. India Today was caught in this whole imbroglio. Even India Today wouldn't have, you but know. others are not mentioned. Why are they not it's taking it I mean, it's, for example, First Post. First mm. Post was completely silent on it. Uh, CNN News 18 was completely silent on it. NDTV were completely silent on it. So That you uh, can understand. They both have uh, a reliance money. Yeah. There. yeah. Okay. And you see the... Uh, the, the, the but people what about Times? Times to outrage about everything and anything? Yeah. So, I think the other, there are two things here. Mm. One is... That this is, uh, you know, uh, SR tapes is to NDA or BJP what Radia tapes was to UPA. No, but the SR tapes uh, covers NDA 1. To be yeah, fair. right. Uh, so, so that's why I said BJP, not NDA 1 or not NDA 2, but Vajpayee and, you know. In fact, they, in fact, the people who've been institu institutionalized by the BJP saying that, you know, they were like, brilliant men whom we lost and, you know, like, who gone into the sunset and all that stuff. They're basically the intellectual uh, creme de la creme of BJP, if, if you were to call it that. So, uh, so the channels boycotting it, one, if they were, uh, uh, you know, under the, uh, the auspices of reliance, or if they are worried that BJP would hit back if we were to broadcast. These are the two possible reasons I see why a channel would... Uh, but blank out the thing. But uh, why would the why would Modi be concerned if NDA one is thrown in the bad light? In fact, that would just make him his pro, you know him shine brighter. That see he is not as weak as Vajpayee and Pramod Mahajan. Just you know crooked people aren't surviving in his. I mean, Ashok, why? I why, would agree why with you. I, I think uh, politically, uh, 
uh, while there would be some embarrassment obviously if, if more details came out, it doesn't really, this was a government that ended 10 years ago. So yeah. you, you can, uh, and uh, I don't think it really bothers this government to that degree. But is it not newsworthy uh, for the news people to take it It up? is newsworthy but uh, as he suggested, you know, in our media, corporate interest, political interest, personality interest all intermingle and uh, there is often a conspiracy of silence. Even with the radia tapes, uh, for weeks there was silence and then you, there were rumours about these tapes yeah. and then I think Outlook and uh, Open. Open did it mm. and then it it, uh, it added to that whole atmosphere of corruption which came in the last years of the UPA right. and so it became one more story. I think AAP also brought it up, mm. I think they did, I'm not certain. The radio tapes? Yeah, did they? they I mean, AAP wasn't sorry. formed. No. They, okay, sorry, not AAP, the India the Against Corruption, sorry. IAC, yes, yeah, IAC, IAC cashed in big on that. Yeah, so and I think it uh, it added to the momentum of that, that right. period. Uh, that momentum is missing at the moment, so there's no pressure. And absent that pressure, people will be happy to just keep quiet, I guess. I'm surprised. We have a really good piece actually looking at how little coverage was given um, to the SR tapes. On News Laundry? On News Laundry. Yeah. So uh, you can check that out. So you should check listeners. that out because it sort of lists out really the ones who did do anything with it and who didn't touch it at all. Now the, the other important thing is that if the channels feel that this is going to die out, mm. they are hugely mistaken. Because, uh, Why? because the whole package, if I may call it, mm. has gone to, uh, well, first of all, I think the matter is subjudice. Mm. And secondly, uh, it is the home ministry has taken cognizance of the whole. So they're like, you know, on two counts, it, it is, uh, you know, the, the whole point is it's not going to be uh, the matter is not going to end. If, if, and the, the whole, the issue is if why the won't courts, it end? Why, why do you think it won't end? I mean, no one. For the, I mean, for example, the court. I mean, you know. So, if I was was Radia Gates ever under? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. she was. It was, but then various things disappeared. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Nira Radia was called in for questioning. All sorts of stuff happened, and the there were serious consequences to it. Yeah. Well, but I the, don't the, mean to some the, extent. The tapes, the, the recordings themselves were suddenly erased and they vanished. No, what I meant so, was, were uh, the recordings, the radio tape recordings, were they uh, actually under the court? Yeah, they were, but the, then there was, was there a court case on that? I the, don't think no, so. No, I think there was, and then they, there was some, some sort of investigation, and yes, then they said was. the recordings disappeared, got erased, something of that sort. So, something, yeah, they vaporized essentially in some form, I can't remember how. Uh, but uh, Mr. Modi has announced a, uh, yes. an inquiry, inquiry. which uh, would suggest that uh, he feels he has less to lose politically. Uh, let's see where the inquiry goes. Before we move on to the next, uh, I'd just like to read Jyoti Dubey's mail. Uh, a big thanks and appreciation to Karthik for his timely upload of Hafta. The discussion regarding Modi's US visit was disappointing. If your intention was just to discuss his speech, in short, fine. But I felt the views were more inclined to deep personal disliking. I think Jyoti's Kaishara Miri taraf hai. Would have been more interesting and informative if important subjects like NSG topics were discussed or how different channels treated his whole visit, both in print and digitally. It was really a helicopter view. Nevertheless, we came to know Abhinandan's chest measurements. <laughs> really? I said, no, I'm not going to do it. 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 I'm not going to lessons from her other listeners and subscribe. Um, quickly on this, because we've already said our piece, we were discussing his visit 
and Hartosh was here, you know, who loves Modi as much as he does. It's an old so, relationship. So between, <laughs> so between Hartosh uh, and our other two panelists, it was not a good day on the Hafta for Modi. Uh, so quickly, we have Ashok here, um, Jyoti, so at least now you cannot be blamed of just having the lefty point of view that Hafta is often accused of. You think it was badly covered, it was just about the speech, whether it was positive or negative. Hafta, of course, it was, you know, we, we didn't really go into the depths of what he said, but that is because Hartosh said he didn't say anything deep. He just made a grand speech and came back with nothing to show for it. In that sense, Hartosh is right, because the speech was, you know, great one-liners, great phrases, and uh, clearly using his skills as a public speaker. Mm -hmm. uh, even in a language which is not his first language, in a mm. country which is not his, obviously not his natural home, uh, using it to, to win over an audience, uh, which was clearly charmed, even if uh, right. uh, there were some congressmen there and some, I gather, some outsiders. Uh, but the substantive part of the visit was that uh, uh, Enough work was done on NSG, enough was squeezed out of the Obama presidency even in his dying months. Hmm. And uh, uh, look, why was the US Congress watching Modi? Not because they love Modi or love anyone. They are, they are uh, canny politicians in an election year. Right. Uh, they saw this man as popular with the Indian community. They saw the Indian community in the, in the US as potential funders and campaign financiers and voters. And in an election year, any politician, especially in the U.S., loves campaign finance and loves and loves votes. Right. Uh, so this visit was this was Modi's fourth fourth visit as prime minister to the U.S. Uh, needs to be analyzed as part four of a four-stage wooing of America, charming of America, uh, including creating this image of a diaspora, an Indian American community that is big, that uh, has potential. Uh, politically and economically, and uh, that somehow listens to Modi. But let me ask you one quick question. On the NSG, I think he's in Tashkent today. Right now, as we speak. Uh, as we speak, he's in Tashkent, and there's going to be a dinner meeting at Seoul. Yes. Um, and apparently, there'll be a phone call from Tashkent to Seoul because he's going to meet the Chinese Premier at Tashkent. I mean, just at a very, very basic level, forget the you know major politics, what, why would China back India's NSG claim? Like, it is, I can't understand in any, and I'll just tell you one thing that I've been told by someone, they said you're very naive if you think all these international decisions are taken in country interest. Sometimes some prime minister has made some huge boo-boo, he slept with someone, and the CIA has pictures, and they say, you come and you will sign on this, or we'll release this to Indian media, or some other foreign China will say this to America, that they have some shit on Obama. You'll, they said these are the reasons why sometimes what impact decisions but unless we have something really that can bring what chinese do premier down China? and say boss you were doing this janna and modi said beta tu sign kar de nahi to mai release kar no, why would china I, I don't have the conspiracy theorist <laughs> view of foreign policy why would uh, china what's okay. what what's in their interest uh, and it's not like us has any leverage on them i mean no us has some leverage on them but it's it's lower than the leverage they had in 2008 Right. So, okay. so why okay. would it happen uh, if it would? Why would China not do it? We have enough arguments for that. Right. Why would China do it? Let me play devil's advocate. Mm. Uh, I think two reasons. One, uh, the Indian market is important to China, especially to Chinese infrastructure companies, which mm. are all state-owned, uh, which have built all the infrastructure they need to at home, which are looking for the only other comparably sized market, which is India. 
and Mr. Modi has given China access to the Indian market to a greater degree than his predecessors who have uh, been wary of giving Chinese, uh, ac uh, Chinese companies access to sensitive areas such as infrastructure, telecom, power and so on. He's been much more open. So if they think that he's, he can open That's more doors, enough for them to let us perhaps not, we don't know, but it depends on China, how desperate the Chinese are. That's one. The second thing is, you see, China is a much bigger part today than it was in say 2008. Hmm. There's no question of that. As powers grow, as they get enhanced, less insecure, uh, they should become more enlightened and less petty minded. So this is China's opportunity to prove that it's an enlightened emerging power, global power, rather than a petty, bloody minded, small timer, which is essentially North Korea with gleaming walls. Okay. I have one question to Ashok, which is, do you think Ashok, it is right for a nation to become a member of NSG without having signed up to the non-proliferation? There is absolutely no connection. Okay. There is many zero connection. Right. And it, there has never been a connection. Okay. Mm -hmm. For our listeners, NSG is a nuclear suppliers group. And if India becomes a part of the nuclear suppliers group, then, you know, we're big shit. And, like, we can supply nuclear shit to the world. No, we can do that anyway. But we can... Uh, because <laughs> Legitimately. After the, after the 2008 exception, we can, do, we, we can engage in nuclear commerce anyway. But by getting onto the NSG, becoming a participating country, uh, becoming a governing country in the NSG, we get to write the global nuclear regime. Interesting. That's a... Along very, with 20 other countries. That's a good distinction. Now, uh, I, sorry, I just uh, saw Ashok tweet in the afternoon. He, having read an article, I think it was in the wire, saying, "Can someone please explain that to me in simple English?" Yes, <laughs> the, the, final, the, the final paragraph. The I final, read the last paragraph, <laughs> which I is gobbledygook. Cats and stuff. You know, I read your tweet. It's about five different metaphors. You know, <laughs> we are talking. Bombicide feast, uh, macavity the cat. Uh, and some stuff I don't know yes, about. Yes. It was basically, we're talking about the last paragraph of Siddharth Varadarajan's piece. Not Siddharth Varadarajan's piece. No, it was just on the wire. Siddharth tweeted it. It was on the wire written by a former Indian diplomat. Oh, for a former Indian diplomat. Which wow. tells you. <laughs> Siddharth, to be fair to him, writes much more clearly. Okay, yeah, that's true. That wasn't like him, but... I hope he wrote something else, but, but, but he writes uh, clearly. Just one question I have, and here I'll be a little provocative. When you said someone be becomes bigger and stronger, they become less petty. They should. Do you see Mr. Modi having displayed the signs of that big position, absolute power coming to him and him not saying the kind of stuff that he would during election season? You know, Mr. Modi in election season, Mr. Modi is, uh, this, it's an interesting question. I think Mr. Modi as Prime Minister has grown. But Mr. Modi combines his Prime Ministry with being an election candidate or election campaigner for and his party. And there's always an election because of 28 states. Uh, election campaigner for his party at a time when his party is growing territorially. Hmm. This was not a challenge that Mr. Vajpayee faced because he was not really a campaigner in state elections for his party. He went into this one election. And in any case, his party wasn't growing at that point. Uh, it was not a challenge Dr. Manmohan Singh faced because he was never a campaigner. And again, his party wasn't growing at that point. While the BJP, thanks to the Modi spurt in 2014, has grown in geographies and states where it didn't matter to, before 2014. Haryana being one example, Assam to some degree being another, though Assam was a more local election. Uh, but Haryana, Maharashtra, all of these states were states where the BJP suddenly moved from in Haryana from fourth place to first place. Uh, so when you are a campaigner, a, you know, down and dirty campaigner, uh, irrespective of which party you are from, you're expected to say things or behave with that. But overseas, that, like that addressing gusto. Indians in a Wembley or a Times, uh, not no, Times, uh, look, let's, let's distinguish between that and 
election speeches. That that's separate. So I, I think the there is a balance. No, no. Here I understand when he's campaigning. No, that I have no problem with. I'm actually talking about specifically when he goes overseas and he says we used to be ashamed of being Indian. Nehru's ne kiya tha ye. No, no. He well, didn't speak about Nehru. To be fair, he said we we were ashamed of being Indians. I would I would personally have been happier for him not to use that phrase. No, no. But he, he said, spoke about the family at the he US. He said we were embarrassed about uh, or ashamed of being Indians in a, the specific period before 2014 when corruption was rampant. So he, I heard that speech. No, when he, uh, he went I wish he hadn't made it. I wish he hadn't used those phrases. But that is what he said. No, each time he goes overseas, he takes a dig at the Nehru Gandhi family. I can't recall the exact words that he made a reference to the family. Even in the last um, overseas trip, he had been not the one in Tashkent, but I even think in the US. I think it's in the US. Yes, uh, this and one. Yeah, it, but there was no NRI uh, outreach in the US this time. Then it was the one in the UK, basically where he had this big audience in a stadium. I think you know. I think yes. In his, we are into his third year now. Hmm. Uh, if you've noticed his NRI engagements, uh, they have started to taper. Right. Uh, as in, in the fewer happening, and his messaging is also changing. I think he's he's moving out of the the you know the, the election phase, as it were. I think that is part of his maturing, uh, and I hope it moves further. Uh, but in the U.S. in particular, and to some degree in Canada and in the U.K., uh, the fact that the the Indian diaspora is so big and such a potential uh, economic and political lobby which can serve India, which can serve local politicians, uh, is something Mr. Modi has used his election, his, 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 his outreach there and his meetings there uh, to, uh, he's used his meetings there to sort of create the impression or to, to promote the idea of this Indian diaspora, of this Indian community that uh, is actually bigger than uh, a lot of people realize. Hmm. I think this has given him personally hmm. and India institutionally hmm. leverage. Okay. Because certainly so, the US so Congress the US <laughs> Congress is taking the Indian Prime Minister or India hmm. more seriously in an election year. Look, the US Congress is not having a joint sitting for anything this year. Right. Why are they meeting for Modi? Not because, because it, they love him. But you because know. you think it Be, will because impact it's an their election, own presidency. It's an election year. For them. We, heaven knows, maybe maybe our Indian community people listen to this guy and will give us more money, why not? Okay. You know, that also, that also matters. Okay. Uh, Deepanjana, I'd like now your view on this. Last two things I'd like to discuss, then we'll wind up. Uh, you know, Trump has banned Politico, Politico in Washington, Washington Post. Post, BuzzFeed, about five, six. Uh, Modi ji will never speak to NDTV, no matter what happens. He, you know, abandoned us at the altar in 2014 because <laughs> <laughs> we had tied up with. Uh, is it inevitable and should media stop complaining about it that some leaders will not talk to some media organizations and and that's fine or is that completely wrong if you want to project yourself as a leader i'd like to know your thoughts uh, realistically i think media organizations have to accept that this is going to happen and i think actually it's kind of more liberating because you don't have to suck up to anyone and say that oh we'll say nice things about you so please come on to our you know, come and give us an interview or something but else. That is like the model that. of so many media organizations. It's access journalism. Indeed. So it means that when you don't have access, when someone is not going to give you access, come what may, that's good. Go the, out there and actually work. In which case the subscribers have to step in. Otherwise, the eyeballs only come when you have a big leader on your channel, right? Yes, but if the big leader is not going to appear on any channel. No, that's different not appearing on any. 
but you know he'll appear on some but he'll ban some you know trump has banned all i think the problem all. the problem really shows up i mean in case of trump it's also that you know he's not just trump you know modi ji does it arvind does it everyone hmm. does it you know hmm. you'll never see an arvind ever talk to an arnab hmm. you'll never see modi talk to anyone from ndtv i mean it's it's a given i mean we not that he's spoken to anybody else either, but the point is say. even if he were to even during his no, entire run up to 2014 he, he talks to newspapers uh, No, to, in uh, 2014, he gave an interview to everybody. Indian. He gave an interview to Rajesh Sharma. That's like, but that was of late. Where have you seen an interview? No, no, Last year, he gave it to HT. Nothing. Um, yeah. And then uh, recently, I mean, he gives it to foreign uh, yeah, newspapers. He gave it to, but yeah. do, do you think it's inevitable? And you know, yeah, I mean, care to hoots? I mean, it's basically, I have very sorry to say this contempt for politicians, hmm. and it's not uh, without reason. Hmm. and if they if they are to ban an organization so be it who the hell cares you know we're going to say expose those people as much as we going to i'll tell you who cares and i'll tell you why access journalism still thrives uh, ashok you just wait after this because if i have uh, and shekhar gupta has you know tweeted about and i've heard him talk about that the you know the new media has this contempt for access journalism and there is something to be said for access journalism it i completely disagree with what he says i think it's a really old school way of thinking but why it works is because when you have a advertising driven model how do you tell advertisers that advertise on our channel that we have 10 million viewers why 10 million viewers watching you because modi ji is on your channel not on others hmm. or when arvind was a huge draw you know when he given interview everybody would log in yeah, so when if that's your model then even if you don't like the guy just to survive you have to suck up to someone so that they come on your channel you cannot go after someone that they ban you so does basically you cannot abandon the access journalism model as long as advertisers advertising is your revenue model yes but the advertising as a business model as a revenue model is not working anyway right but whatever little it is it is working for some i mean you know. it's not working well for anybody because it ends up compromising on the same thing that is getting you the viewership at one level you will not be able to go out and get that breaking story we're just talking right now about sr tips something that there's an enormous amount of interest on and it hasn't been covered does that actually do the channels any service in india in particular we're in a country where paid media and prostitute are st- standard terms mm. this is because of advertising as a revenue model one of the reasons that we have we as news laundry enjoy the support that we do of subscribers is because we have made it very clear that we have absolutely no corporate interest governing but, our but content. that doesn't mean we'll survive i mean you know it doesn't mean, mean we'll survive stop people uh, from calling avinandan a prostitute by the way wo to badhate rahenge theek hai that is a fan club that we can't <laughs> have no but what i'm saying is but that doesn't of, things, but no. that doesn't mean we'll survive let's say a year and a half down but, the line but we know for a fact that the advertising as a revenue model is not surviving we don't uh, know whether we'll survive but that I, i would disagree because I, you know ndtv hasn't made profit in the last 10 years and it's still very much but there. that's a different model altogether we'll come to that <laughs> that is not <laughs> see there are certain news organizations that are not there for to be sustainable but uh, anyway ashok two questions if you could ask uh, ask so one is it inevitable that some will be banned by some leaders and every leader does it so we should stop pointing because it is ubiquitous around the world two is access journalism necessary if ad revenue is your model see uh, both are more complex than we made it out to be Hmm. one uh, in the case of trump i'm not sure what you mean by a ban i'm really haven't followed the debate has he banned them from public events of the no. republican party yeah basically yeah, when they, he they takes can't... a flight all media gets in you have to get out no. uh, or if he ha- if he's having a rally if you're from the washington post or the politico or buzzfeed 
you no, get out. If it's a public event, I don't see how you can throw them out. No, he has this town of their, their closed door events. Right? Like he had made a speech yesterday or day before his first presidential speech. Um, okay. Well, so, the, I don't know whether the Indian equivalent would be a public meeting. Uh, yeah, but or closed or a hall meeting. Here they do it differently. That I won't yeah. talk to you. you know? No, yeah. So if it's a public meeting, you can't stop the reporter being sure. there. Sure. Uh, I won't talk to you. Well, to me, you can choose who you want to talk to and who you don't. And listen, BuzzFeed has also, if I remember, the BuzzFeed editor put out a notice saying we will restrict coverage of Trump or something. Yes. So, well, if BuzzFeed will not cover both candidates equally, the candidates need not see all media equally. It's hmm. part, so it's, part a, it's fine. That's one. Let's remember of, Amitabh Bachchan boycotted the media for 20 years. Yeah, but that yeah. was a different. The, 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 but if, if BuzzFeed says we're not going to treat both candidates equally, then you know, they don't, shouldn't be. that's one case. The political yeah. hasn't said any such thing. That he just doesn't fair fair it. I agree. I don't think he can ban them. At, uh, I don't think it's fair to ban them from a public event. Hmm. But uh, from a private event, it's his, his, his right. Hmm. In terms of access journalism, look, the two things. One, uh, if you need to understand how government works, not the BJP government, not the Congress government, but gov this entity called government, this beast called government, you need to go and meet people. Hmm. And uh, it's sitting behind a computer and writing an opinion piece for scroll or uh, whatever, you know, even if it's the best piece in the world, uh, and pretending that this is a morally superior piece because you haven't done, you haven't gone and met anybody and you don't, you're not a, a practitioner of access journalism is I think a bit of a cop out. Hmm. Sorry Ashok, just one thing though. Uh, access journalism and reportage are not the same yeah. thing. Okay, you can enough. absolutely go out and meet people and I, you yeah, should. I, I think sometimes and that is reporting. Some, no, but, but, Sitting uh, oh, no, and no, giving no, no. an opinion what I'm is a different is thing entirely. Understanding how the upper echelons of government, and here not just politicians, even, even the bureaucracy work, hmm. is important for informed reportage. Sometimes that access comes because the person is familiar with you or your work. But so, that person will only let you get close if the person doesn't feel threatened. What I'm at saying some is... Point, at some point, you need to start getting to know the person. So what I'm trying to suggest is access journalism has its uses Provided the journalist doesn't misuse it. Uh, just one, and one more point. Uh, we talk about access journalism or uh, mollycoddling your source, perhaps, which is what you're trying to suggest, in terms of politics. Let me give you another example cricket. Can you find <laughs> me, something you don't like, can you find no, me a single major newspaper or television channel which will run from its sports reporters a critical story about a leading cricketer? You're right. In fact, okay. someone there was, a great there, was a, there was a there was a, there was a news magazine many years ago which ran an absolutely unreadable column by the Indian cricket coach. It was my job to edit it every week, so uh, I had to just <laughs> drivel in the belief that because we published this idiot's column and mm. we pay him ten thousand a week or whatever it is, mm. he will give us inside information. He will give us access to his cricketers. Mm. If you. If, if someone writes a story against Virat Kohli and Virat Kohli says I will not appear on your channel, the channel heads will be, the, the channel honchos and editors will be hopping mad and will tell the, the journalist in question, stop it. Right. So the fault lies with so us journalists as well. Sure. It's worse for cricket, I agree. Sorry. I think uh, there was a great uh, column written in the Indian Express. Uh, talking about Mohammed Ali and Sachin Tendulkar, yes, which. Uh, in fact, the Hafta you won there, we, that yeah, was one of the recommended yeah, yeah. reading. But, but uh, Anand, uh, you've already well, made on this. Uh, but I would say is that I I would not trust access journalism if the access is to uh, a, per, a politician who's coerced the journalist into saying that look I am giving you access uh, only and only if my conditions are met. 
I think I detest that kind no, of that, journalism. That I agree, but uh, and that's wrong. But all access, but degree, you're not projecting but, but, to the world. Okay. On what basis you got the access? Access journalism as you define it and access to a senior source simply because you've been around in the game longer and know him better than a perfectly good reporter Fair who enough. may not. Yeah. That's different. different. Yeah, exactly. The sense can lead to informed reporters yes. and honest work by the journalists. Yeah, that should not be discussed. The two are completely different. I think the Indian context is also different because here, because of whatever you know, status and class and caste having such a, not at all a homogenized society, hmm. um, you are expected to do a lot more jihazuri to get close to someone. Yeah. I think all access comes at a price, unless you've grown up together or you have some major long history. So, yeah. And let me and also, also point out one other thing, sorry, which is that mostly nowadays you find a lot of, uh, on the, the timelines of politicians, mm. a lot of journalists' tweets being retweeted. Arvind Kejriwal is one example, Smriti mm. Rani is another. I mean, you know, a lot of politicians have started tweeting journalist tweets. Mm. Now, I've I've made a very quick survey and I have not found any of those journalists who you can say have access to Arvind Kejriwal hmm. being critical of the politicians I've, who I have is retweeting. Arvind, but the thing is, I have known Arvind since in 2002. Your case is different. Are, you were are, a no, friend. Full and, you know, disclosure. Because he retweets me often, especially whenever no, I trash. I'm not talking of your Whenever history. I trash uh, Arnab, <laughs> suddenly I get a lot of mentions. I said, bloody hell, Arnab, if I retweet <laughs> But you see what I mean? I understand. For, for, you see the converse, that if, if a journalist gets a lot of access to the politicians, it becomes very difficult for the journalist to criticize that politician. You see? That's what I'm trying to say. Well, yes and no, perhaps. It's not I necessarily. think there's a point. Anand has a point. Uh, but on the other hand, you need to get to know your source to a certain degree to actually understand this game called politics. Now, it's for the journalist to figure out where the fine line is. Exactly. It's a, diff it's a judgment call it's, which, it's you, a have judgment to, call which you have to negotiate so every because day. Because your judgment call is here and the, the other journalist's journalist judgment call is here, doesn't mean he, you're morally superior. That's all I'm trying to suggest. Not, doesn't necessarily mean you're morally superior. That's all I'm which trying is to suggest. Actually, but how, what do you make of Arvind's tweet against a, a Journalist from, I think, the Jagran group, which was very the specific. The Zenic Jagran group. Sorry, just tell me what I'm... I the water tanker issue. Because he was targeting a very specific journalist. We wrote a story on we've, that. Uh, we've got a story on that. Um, yeah, yeah. What was the tweet? Could you just tell me again? Um, I understand he refused access to the paper till this journalist was removed. Uh, I'm not I, no, I no, think this actually we had a clarif I could be wrong. I could no, be wrong. We had a clarification on this. The journalist was not removed. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, and we there had was no such call that. Oh, that story. Okay. Uh, sorry. Yeah, we have a story on that. We spoke to the journalist. He says, I don't know how this news got around. And I'm removed. not leaving. No one's I'm called. not leaving. Okay. I'm still okay. in that post. Okay, fine, fine. In that case, I have no complaints. Sorry. Okay. Why? Did he ask for it to be fired on Twitter? I'm no, no, I, I, this no, was there a, was this a rumor that was a Twitter rumor. I showed one advice I must give you. Don't believe Twitter rumors. I don't believe Twitter Because if I believed all that I heard about myself, I'd be a much richer man. But I've taken one conscious decision because even at the time when Arvind was giving interviews that I will never interview Arvind again because I think it just compromises because you're right I will only go this far he's a friend of mine right so I will not go as far as maybe Madhu would so you know and he doesn't interview not here necessarily it's uh, also a question of the agenda that the you end up serving sure, but the point is but the point is if you have a history if you've been you know for 10 years yeah, it's, yeah. it's just out of not because you are compromised it's, it's just difficult. that you are dealing with each other at a you know from but, that time but, but Abhinand, so therefore what let's tomorrow, say what Madhu can do suppose if he would have said how Anand would interview him I would never interview him but like that. Abhinand, that tomorrow if God forbid hmm. uh, Arvind were to become India's Prime Minister and hmm. I hope that that day doesn't come too soon <laughs> <laughs> uh, as somebody who's known him for many years as somebody who's sympathetic to him hmm. 
as somebody who's also a skilled writer, mm. it would be possible for you to write a profile of the man, which would be probably more informed and help us understand him and his motivations better than somebody who doesn't know him but is an equally skilled journalist. Sure, I can write a profile, but if so, you if to I would have then call that access journalism. No, no, but it if would be you, but if you were to give an interview to us, I think it would be more appropriate if Madhu or Anand did it rather than me. Uh, if I can just butt in here, one thing I, I see your point, hmm. which is true, but. On the other hand, the person who is being interviewed, I would say, should have the courage to say, like Nehru did, of course, I mean, that Nehru was so being hypocritical when he said, don't spare me, Shankar. Hmm. So if Arvind says, bloody hell, Mary, you know, sorry to use this swear word, you know, lay lo tum meri. Huh. That would encourage you. And Ask you would be as creative as possible. So it's up to him. It's not up to you. No, but so, you know. I think that's an unrealistic expectation in this day of and age. Of a politician. True. I, Agreed. Okay. Uh, I just like to wind up. But before that, I just have one question to um, uh, our guest, who I have wanted to ask since we started this. Yeah, what do think tanks do? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you want an honest answer or a dishonest answer? Honest answer. The honest answer is. Can we do a compare and contrast? Can you give the dishonest first and then... No, the no, no, no. Do you want the honest answer or the more honest answer? Okay, no, there's no dishonest answer. The honest answer is that uh, think tanks uh, do a lot of uh, thinking that at some no, point crystallizes... That. Word, crystallizes into government policy, which the government should be doing itself because the government... Not all governments, not this one, mm. but because the bureaucratic system is so busy just doing daily firefighting has no time for long-term strategic thinking. Hmm. And uh, some of these ideas seep into actual policy. That's the honest answer. The more honest answer actually is that the role of serious media, which serious media has abandoned, which big media has abandoned, has now devolved on think tanks. So if you look at the number of serious journalists who actually become think tank fellows hmm. in the past few years, it's actually significant. So it's to really dissect policy, examine it's, it's it. It's what the classic edit page in a paper used to do. And the edit page in the paper used to be a mix of right, left, various positions. Of There was a foreign policy person, there was, there was a, 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 a social sciences person, there was a social sector person, uh, there was a someone who followed the right, someone who followed the left. Praful Bidwai. Yes, Praful Bidwai and Swapandas Gupta were part of the same edit page team many years ago. And both very accomplished people but different. So basically... That era has gone. Okay. And Go. all of them are now sitting in, I guess, if not parliament, in think tanks. Right. I, I, would, I would say think tanks have a very important role to play. Mm. Uh, coming from a you know, science background, I can say, so if, for example, somebody publishes something, there are at once 10 or 12 labs around the world who are going to reproduce that, who are going to critique that. And those, uh, in effect, also their results would be published. That is mm. how this whole system works. Now, for example, to, to take that analogy to the government and the role of the think tank, if the government comes up with a policy or has identified a problem but hasn't yet come up with a policy or probably is never going to come up with a policy. With the policy the you're saying it's a peer review. Yeah, so it's, I, I would disagree a little bit with Ashok there that, you know, the, the role of the think tank is actually op-ed, uh, you know, like editorial thing. No, 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 I no think I'm not saying that. I'm hmm. saying, I'm, what I'm saying is the, that serious media role has been abandoned by the media and... Think tanks 
Oh, that really really feeling it. You're, you're right. You're right in the, yeah. the fact examining that policy, examining but things. Which that, should have been the job of serious media. But what I would say, serious examination of policy cannot be restricted to just a thousand words. It has to come up with a. Well, which know, is why a lot of us produce thousand word op-eds and also produce four thousand word papers. papers Precisely. Correct. So which unfortunately are not read. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you can tell us what you want to do with 140 characters, don't tell us, don't leave it, okay? Malik Babu won't go like that. And I just found out today, our listeners, Ashok Malik is actually a Punjabi who grew up in Kolkata. I always thought he was a Bengali. Grew up in Calcutta. Kolkata is another country. Oh dear, okay. Okay, quickly, in two-two lines each. Why has Avik Sarkar quit? Two lines? I think he took his paper to an editorial position. Uh, in the in the recent West Bengal elections, hmm. uh, Mamta won't let him be. Uh, but I, I think uh, it was an extreme position, and uh, perhaps he's decided that uh, discretion is the better part of valor. Before Mamta comes after him, or the group, or the group. I understand the group is losing ads. I see ads. Now see that again. There's leverage. That's. So I have a very important thing to say on you know what hmm. what was just mentioned. I think a couple of days ago, the government has come up with a new policy which is that you have these news agencies like PTI and news, uh, uh, there is another one, uh, right? UNI. Now the government has also said that there is a third one called Hindustan Samachar, which is an RSS linked news agency. And the government has included that for the first time with PTI and UNI saying that if the if the news that is, that is being broken by Hindustan Samachar is taken up by media, you would get points, you would score points, and the basis of those points, you would get ads. Now, this is a clear-cut conflict of interest because if you, I mean, I, I tweeted about it yesterday, if you look at the board, at the board of the, the governing, the board directors of this, all of them are either BJP, affiliated with BJP, or the RSS. Yeah, so which is this is the I, I I generally believe the ad model is a broken model. We can keep lumbering along, carrying it along, but I definitely think new model has to and evolve. And a new, you know, it's not just the BJP. I mean, you know, what we expected course, from our. So the caravan piece has come up, you know, very recently, and you know, which is actually dissected boards. all the yeah. yeah. Sort of, that so, is boards. I'm talking about ads. Even you see the full page ads of up. Um, Those are also huge revenue generators. Every paper who gets them. Why has a week Sarkar quit in your view? Because you're from Didi, Calcutta. Because Didi is whooping his bottom. Oh, is that right? Simple. Okay. For our listeners, Avik Sarkar heads Anand Bazar Patrika group uh, that also owns ABP News. As now, someone very nicely said that uh, tomorrow's headline uh, in TT is going to be uh, a week Sarkar. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, that was nice. So you had AS exit as it, if not Arvind Subramaniam, Avik Sarkar. Chalo, Sarkar to guy. Now we'll end. Uh, thank you so much, listeners. Remember to. Subscribe because when the public pays, the public is served, and corporations pay, corporations serve. Now I'm just going to end on this one-minute clip that I'd like our audience to listen to, and I have a comment on this. It is from my all-time favorite podcast, Real Time with Bilma. Those of you who follow Hafta know how much of a fan I am of his. And when I heard this, I cringed, and um, as an Indian, I cringed. And uh, just listen to this one minute, and then we'll wind up after that. It's pronounced Ravi. 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 Where'd you Ravi. get Ruby from? Did you I, get the spelling? I'm bad. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Ravi. Okay. But, Ravi. but, but yeah. Patel. I'm a big fan of yours too. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the name. I loved your movie. It is. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Patel. There's so How many Patels are there in India? A lot. Yes. A lot. Like, like 10 million? I couldn't tell you the numbers. Right. But, but there so are. many that yeah. in, like, 
parents like yours, who mm -hmm. are Patels, yeah. they only want you to marry an Indian girl. Right. They want you to marry a Patel. That's right. That is unique in the world. And even a specific kind of Patel. I mean, right. I recall in the documentary, you know, my dad is naming all these different kinds of Patels that exist, and then this 10-mile radius of the kind of Patels that fit best. And it was the way that they got married. <clears throat> and that's, you know, the movie's about right. kind of how they keep that system going today. Right. And what's so interesting about the movie is you seem so Americanized. You are. But obviously... Thank you. Is it the haircut? No. <laughs> No, because yeah, it, it, you're funny called. and you don't yeah. have an accent. And the whole yeah. movie, I'm going, why is this guy even doing this? So, Vilma says, you're so Americanized because you're funny and you don't have an accent. Because, Vilsar, we are Indian. Now, we are never funny. We are always talking like this. And, and we Mr. constantly bob our heads. Right? And yeah, because, you know, uh, I is expected better from you, Mr. Vilmar. And this Ravi Patel, you know, because I'm Indian, I talk like this. Uh, who is sitting on that panel, just for our viewers, I can't talk in an accent too long, sorry, Will. But uh, he's made a documentary about his arranged marriage, and in that documentary, he dumps his girlfriend, he marries an Indian girl, he does. A, why do only such Indians make it to popular shows in the US? I mean, what a dumb thing to say, because Indians can't be funny. I agree not everybody's Raju Srivastava who's not funny, but there are some funny Indians as well. Um, B, I remember there was a document a long time ago about this guy coming out of the closet on live camera mm -hmm. on his, and he made a documentary about it and his mother. Summer reaction. in my veins. Yeah, I, I forget. Yeah. It just makes me cringe when you make a documentary about your life involving your parents and loved ones and getting their reactions live on camera and then coming and representing the Indian community that I'm a Patel and I... I mean, I heard this and I was like, you know, Ravi Patel, fuck you here. I mean... <laughs> There are way better Indians out there in the U.S. Is there a problem with Indian representation in the West? Well, there this, would you rather have Modi or Patel? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I haven't read, uh, I haven't seen the film. This, this, this film, I, I don't know what this guy is talking about. But this, uh, uh, this willingness to generalize, uh, not just Indians, but any community. Uh, I guess it also happens to Hispanics. Uh, I'm mm. guessing uh, is obviously exasperating and bewildering. Uh, and one of the unique things about the Indian experience in the U.S., because the Indians are, uh, unlike many other communities, migrant communities in the U.S., the Indians are big in number, they're also very diverse. Hmm. Uh, so they're left-wing Indians, right-wing Indians, vegetarian Indians, non-vegetarian Indians. Uh, and there's Singh Chakral. Yeah, and So the fact is, uh, I remember I was in, in the U.S. In, just for a fellowship in 2001, around the time of 9-11. And I, I remember speaking to my editor uh, in India at that point and telling him that it is there's a, a great debate on whether America should go to war, should not go to war, uh, should pull up the, the, the drawbridge, should isolate itself, should go to Afghanistan, is war good for the economy, is war bad for the economy. Uh, so there's a great thriving debate and it's possible to have diaspora voices mm -hmm. representing every aspect of that debate. So you'll see Indians the, the, on all sides of that spectrum. Yes. So in fact, which is, which is one of the few communities that don't vote on block even for Republican Democrats. They don't vote on block for even Indian candidates. <laughs> you know, so which is good. What, which is what? What do you? Th how would you react to that? What an annoying twat. Um, look, oh, sorry. Ra Ravi Patel both? or Bill Maher. Both of them. They're okay. all annoying. I think talking about me. <laughs> because I just pointed like that. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, <laughs> um, Here's the thing, right? This is a the fact of how these stereotypes are created and cemented. This is proof of that. 
there is a stereotype that uh, exists of the bobbing Indian head and the certain accent and very earnest and all that kind of jazz. Um, and what is amazing about America is that this Bill Maher probably knows not just this Ravi Patel and his experience, but given given Bill Maher's background, he probably knows a whole bunch of South Asians who do not subscribe at all to the stereotype that he's just put out there. But he will not look beyond that. And it's not just Bill Maher. It is the entire Caucasian media establishment. They do this with every minority. There is an Orientalist stereotype that is cemented again and again and again. No, but is that, if I could just interrupt there, is that unique to American Caucasian media? What does Anub do with Pakistan? Every exactly. Year? Yeah. So stereotyping is, is part of the media but experience, it's not, unfortunately. It's, it's shortcut. Hmm. No, and I think the, the human psychology searches for stereotyping. I've hmm. come to that conclusion. So, I mean, if you, for example, you say Germans have no sense of humor, which is actually not true. I found a lot of, at least two or three Germans I know among the A lot? Two have, or three? Nicely done. <laughs> Then nice they say, you know, a, a pot of yogurt has more culture than the Americans, hmm. which is not true. There are two pots of yogurts that have more culture. But uh, yeah, the other thing is, if you look at Russell Peters, hmm. okay, outrageously funny guy. I mean, I find, you know, his comedy is very funny. So a lot of stand-up comedy, people enjoy stereotyping. Right. So it's not that, you know, stereotyping is, uh, you, you know, you would, you would take offense to stereotyping. Sure. It's the... It's the um, uh, how can I say it? The, uh, the environment in which you are stereotyping. If so you're writing a very is, serious op-ed and you start stereotyping, that's different from Russell Peters saying... It's also, are you man, questioning or, you know, a stereotype? Are yes. you poking holes in it? Are you trying to make a crack at it? Which is what most stand-up comedians do. The good ones at least. But anyway. But yeah, I, but I can see what stereotyping is. But I know I'm going to get a lot of mail this time because of the kind of... I have backed Bill Maher's view of Islam when he said that there is a problem in Islam. And... Now they'll say when he generalized on Islam, you agree with him. But when he generalized about Indians, you don't agree with him. Hurts a little more. I can foresee those mails and tweets coming my way. So what I want is I want two stereotyped, uh, stereotyping statements from Abhinandan right now, starting now. You know, all scientists require, <laughs> you know, have such unrealistic expectations of us. <laughs> and the second... <laughs> and the second is... Politics, by the way. And the second is, as long as you keep an ad-funded model going, <laughs> you are not going to get the news that serves the public. So, we will end with this song, but before we end with this song, which we are dedicating to Mr. Bill Ma and all Indians like Ravi Patel, um, Subscribe to News Laundry if you don't like us. Subscribe to Swaraj. Subscribe to whichever independent news organization you choose. But unless you, the subscriber or the listener, gets involved, news can never be truly independent. That's what I believe. Ashok, feel free to disagree. Uh, Anand and Dipanjana don't because Hamara is here. We kind of work on that this note. Works. Follow us on Twitter. Write to us at contact at newslaundry.com and we will read out those mails that give us some critique or advice uh, and not Abhay Gandhu Jutiya We will not read those ones out. By the way, does ORF fund any media organization? No. Oh, it tries to get uh, uh, free access to media in the sense that uh, free for, for its content it generates. It generates but, a lot of content. So if you want to use a lot of content, uh, please Oh, we must us. get the papers. Good idea. Content to me. There you go. Chalo, very good. And with that, here's a song for Mr. Bilma. Thank you all for joining us on the Hafta. We'll see you again next week. And on the behalf of all our listeners, thanks, Ashok, for coming. Pleasure having you. Thanks for having me.
I'd be happy to do this again. Great. New Delhi to Darjeeling, I have done my share of healing, and I've never yet been beaten or outboxed. I remember that with one jab of my needle in the Punjab, how I cleared up very, very, and the dreaded dysentery. But your complaint has got me really fucked. Catch all new episodes of NL Hafta on newslaundry.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.